church again we're happy that you're here this morning pastor sean is going to preach on loving the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength and um, each of these songs represent one of those aspects. What does it mean to give your heart to Jesus? What does it mean to give your strength as we just sang about? So let us sing together, giving God our all.
Again.
you, God. We thank you that we can give you our heart. We can give you our soul. We can give you our strength and our mind. We can fix our eyes in you and know that you are the author of our story. You have written it before we were even born. So we trust you. We rest in you for you know more than we could ever know. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning again. I get to do double duty and also be your host this morning. I'm not going to take this guitar off because I'd much rather speak with this guitar on because it's safe and comfy. Um, so if you don't know me, my name is Janessa Gritter, and I am the worship and youth pastor. I believe I've caused some confusion by cutting my hair with bangs. So if you see someone with bangs up here, it's still me. I haven't changed. I don't have a twin sister. Still me, just with bangs. But I put them up so as to not cause confusion for this morning. A special welcome to you if you are a guest or a visitor. We're so happy that you're here. Glad you decided to join us on New Year's Day. Um, and those of you who are online, we also extend a special welcome to you. Please just put in the chat where you're from uh, and who you're watching with this morning. Uh, if you are new, we'd love to connect with you with our Connect card. It's in the seat in front of you. It's nice, cool, green color. And you can fill that out, put it in the little slot in the uh, front there, and we can connect with you further, get you connected with ministries, with our staff here. We'd love to get to know you more. So uh, the announcements for this morning for kids, uh, nursery is open for ages zero to three. You can bring your child down there anytime. And the nursery is on the low, lower level. You can go down there or any of the ways down the stairs. If you are a kid older than three, we have some activity packets that are right there. Um, you can grab those anytime during the service um, and right away to your heart's content. Um, and then in, later in the service, we are having an extended fellowship time that we can greet each other in the new year. Um, and during that time, we have two activities for the kids to do. For the kids that are able to read and write, we have a little scavenger hunt that we've made for them on the main floor. So they, there's 10 questions, and they have to um, go around and um, find all the answers to these questions. Um, and you, as um, an adult, may have to sign one of those things. So just be prepared for kids running around. And then for our younger kids, we have just a little bit of a scavenger hunt. Uh, there are four little things. Um, laminated around this just in the auditorium so during the fellowship time they can spend time trying to find those little um, pictures maybe you can see some of them right now if you look hard enough and all that kids activities are not age restricted so adults if you don't feel like you want to talk to anyone you can also do a scavenger hunt up to you um, our offering this morning is for New Life Ministries. Um, we give to, the, uh, to that that we can run ministries during the week, and it's a, a privilege to be able to run youth, and I, I love to be able to do so. Um, so you're also giving to, to that. And um, during the offering time, we're going to play 
a recap of our 2022 year. We had such a wonderful year with so many wonderful memories in it. We just wanted to remind you of, of those memories. So uh, during that time, you can come and give your offering in any of those boxes or any of the ways behind me and uh, enjoy the video. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. 2022. Man, that sounds so futuristic, right? 2022? I feel like I remember watching movies like in the 90s or TV shows, and it was like, in 2022, there'll be flying cars like on your way to work. Awesome. It's so good to be here with you on this New Year's Day, and it's always good to look back on the year and see what God has done in the community, in our lives, and to be grateful to, to, to God for that. And so 
why don't we at this time uh, give a round of applause for God to give him thanks and to give as a, as a way of praising him for all that he's done in our lives in 2022. So. Awesome. Now, what a special year this is as it begins on a Sunday, the Lord's Day in the year 2023. This is significant, I think. To start the new year, worshiping God with all of God's people is so special. And it doesn't happen every year. What a blessing it is to start this new year in the house of the Lord with the people of God. Now, you may have noticed that we didn't have fellowship time before the sermon. If you didn't notice, this is the sermon time. Um, But we didn't have fellowship time yet. For those of you who have come to New Life for the first time, we usually have fellowship time after the announcements where we greet one another and pass the peace of Christ to one another. But today we're doing something a little different. As Janessa has announced, we will have an extended period of fellowship time during the sermon. In just a moment, we will have our fellowship time and I will dis- we will start the time and, uh, and I will dismiss you into fellowship time. And during this time, we ask that you do two things. Everybody's going to be doing these two things, all right? First, go and grab coffee, tea, and cookies, because hashtag priorities. And for the introverts, it'll shave off at least a minute of sitting awkwardly during the fellowship time. So if you don't want to talk to people, if you don't want other people to talk to you, go and grab coffee, grab cookies, because it'll at least shave off a couple minutes, all right? That's the first part. Second thing we're going to do today during the fellowship time, and this is the more important part, as you leave your seat to grab cookies, teas, or coffees, please take all your belongings with you. Because everyone, if you are able, must go find a new seat that you don't normally sit in. Take your stuff with you, because you won't be returning to your current seat now. If you sit together with your family, you can find a new seat together as a family, or if you'd rather separate ways and sit separately, that's fine too. The point is for you to get out of your usual spot to sit in a completely new spot. So if you're usually on this side of the church, that means you find another seat on other side of the church. I know, sad. If you normally sit on the balcony, that means you have to find a new seat on the floor level here. If you normally sit in the lower half of this side or either side, that means you may have to find a new seat on the upper side of the balcony. The point, once again, is to find a new seat where you don't usually sit so that you're sitting with or among people that you don't always sit nearby. Now, every time we do something like this, there's always smart people that kind of go up a row and say, oh, this is not my usual seat. I moved. I changed the new seat. Don't be like that. Play nice. Change sides, okay? Find a completely new seat, completely new area that you don't normally sit in. Everybody got that? Go get coffee, cookies, greet people, take your stuff with you, go find a new seat. And after 
you found a new seat and greeted people around you. Wish them a happy new year. Ask them what their new year's resolutions are. And if you don't have one, talk about goals that you might have for this year. So let's begin our fellowship time now. All right. Thank you, everybody, for being such good sports. As soon as I got off the stage, I realized that if everybody sitting here moves together to this side, they're still sitting with the same people. So I just realized that. I hope you didn't play the game like that. There's always a loop to, to kind of get around the rule, but hopefully you got the point to sit with people that you don't normally sit nearby or with. Um, the reason why we did this, the, we, the reason why we did this is because in planning for the service, we wanted you to break out of your habit. We wanted to break you, break out of your habit. We wanted you to break out of your habit because ultimately, New Year's resolutions are all about habits. The resolution to lose weight or to exercise more is about breaking the bad habit of sitting down on the couch after work and replacing it with a better habit of going for a jog before dinner. The resolution to save money is about replacing breaking the bad habit of impulsive spending with a better habit of saving a certain amount of money as soon as you get a paycheck. The resolution to better manage our time to learn a new skill or to spend more time with loved ones is about replacing the bad habit of saying yes to too many things and replacing it with a better habit of intentionally setting aside time for your new hobby or new project or for your family. Now, as you can see, most, if not all, of New Year's resolutions are about creating new habits or replacing bad habits with better ones. And the reason why I'm talking about habits is because through cultivating godly habits, we can learn to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Through cultivating godly habits, we can learn to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. I'll say more about that later, but before we go any further, let's take a look at our passage for today. Today's passage is from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 31. <clears throat> One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied, you're right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. <clears throat> in the passage we have just read, we see an interaction between Jesus and one of the teachers of the law. The teacher of the law asks, of all the commandments, 
Which one is the most important? Jesus answers by quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. The most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Now, it's not that our other commandments are not as important. They are important, but Jesus says this because all the commands can be summed up into loving God and loving our neighbor. And even loving our neighbor, we cannot do properly unless we keep the first commandment, which is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength. As we start the new year, I believe this is what God is calling us to do, to love him with our entire being, involving our heart, our soul, mind, and strength. But what does it mean to love God? The Bible describes loving God as obedience. To love God means to obey him. In Deuteronomy, where the command is originally from, loving God and obeying him are so closely related that they're virtually synonymous. Loving God and obeying him are virtually synonymous. Jesus also said in John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Now, in today's world where individual autonomy is highly valued and love is mostly understood as a romantic emotion one feels towards someone, it could be difficult to understand <clears throat> how love could equal obedience. <clears throat> but upon reflection, one can see very quickly that obedience follows quite naturally if one is in a loving relationship. After all, if someone truly loves the other, he or she would want to please their lover by doing what their lover wants them to do. Not out of compulsion or under coercion, but as an expression and evidence of one's love and commitment. Now, it's important to note that, God, that the God we're commanded to love is not some abstract, distant deity somewhere up in the clouds, but Jesus says, your God. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, the context of this command is after God having rescued the Israelites from Egypt, the land where they were enslaved. God gave this command because he has demonstrated his love for them by keeping his promise and by saving them from slavery. In the same way, we're called to love God because he is our God, not God out there, not some God, but our God, God with whom we have a relationship. We're called to love him because he has demonstrated his love for us by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from sin and death that has enslaved us. Jesus did this by dying on the cross and by bearing the shame and punishment due for us, thereby paying the price for our sins to redeem us so that all those who believe in him would be reconciled to God and be given the right to be called children of God. We love because he first loved us. So then how do we love our God? If loving God is to obey him, how do we do this? We do it by orienting our entire being, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, all of it, to loving 
and obeying Him. And the way we do this is by forming godly habits in our lives. James K.A. Smith, a professor of philosophy at Calvin University, writes in his book, You Are What You Love. He says this, The orientation of the heart happens from the bottom up through the formation of our habits of desire. Learning to love God takes practice. Learning to love God takes practice. <clears throat> what, he's saying, what he is saying is that through the formation of our habits, we could orient or reorient our heart, our desires to love God. According to Smith, not only do our habits come from the desires of our hearts, but our desires are also trained by our habits. Let me say that again. Not only do our habits come from the desires of our hearts, we, we form habits because we want something, but our desires are also shaped and trained by the habits that we form in our lives. Therefore, we need to form godly habits that will train our desires to love God. This is why Jamie Smith says that we need to learn to love God through practice. <clears throat> to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we need godly habits that involve all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. So let's unpack this a little further by looking at each one of the four things, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. First, our heart. Loving God with all our heart means to guard it and to keep it holy. Loving God with all our heart means to guard it and to keep it holy. By holy, I don't mean moral uprightness, but in the sense of being set apart for God and God only. Being set apart, setting our heart apart for God and God only. The heart in the Bible refers to the center of one's being. It is the seat of our innermost being from which everything flows out of. This is why Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. So if, our, if the center of our innermost being is filled with idols, everything we do is an expression of love for that idol or the desire or the worship of that idol. But if we set apart our heart and guard it and keep it holy for God and God only, everything we do out of our heart, everything that flows from our heart is in love for God or is for the love of God, is expression of, a love, is expression of love for God. So to love God with all our heart is to guard the innermost place in our being so that it is set apart for God and no one else. How do we do this? One of the ways we do this is by cultivating the godly habit of reading Scripture daily. <clears throat> Excuse me. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. How could a young man or how could we live according to God's word if we don't read God's word? If we're not familiar with God's word? And in verse 11, the psalmist also says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Though the verse might say young person, the verse doesn't only apply to young people. The way in which we guard our hearts and keep it holy is by drawing near to the word of God. 
cultivating the habit of reading it so that we might treasure it in our hearts and live in accordance to it. Now, since coming to New Life, I've been invited over for dinner a few times. And one of the things that really struck me and stood out for me has been the times of reading Scripture and praying together after dinner. Some of you might think that this is not a big deal or might not think too much of this because it may have been something that you've always done or growing up, but this is not something that I've seen very many families do. So it's been wonderful to see, and I wish more families would do this after dinner. For some, they read a short devotional, and for others, they read a chapter of the Bible. But this is amazing because it's an amazing habit of spiritual formation and discipleship, especially for children. If this is a practice that your family has never done or have stopped doing, I strongly encourage you to start, start that or to pick it back up this year because it will help you and your children to draw near to the Word of God and through it, guard your hearts, which will lead you to love God with all your heart by, keeping it, by guarding it and keeping it holy. For the Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Secondly, our soul. To love God with our soul is not to minimize the role emotions have in our relationship with God. The word soul could express emotions or feelings within us. Many of us, probably more men than women, have been taught in our early years that our emotions are not trustworthy and that we should always try to be rational instead of being emotional. We were taught that emotional means bad and rational means good. But this is an unhealthy way to view our emotions because God made us with emotions. Jesus himself experienced and expressed emotions. As people who have been made in the image of God were made to feel emotions. According to Pete Scazzaro, to deny our emotions is to remain impaired in our ability to love God, others, and ourselves, because our feelings are a component of what it means to be made in the image of God. Therefore, to love God from all our soul, with all our soul, is to be real with God in our emotions. It means to bring our emotions before God instead of ignoring them. We are as much a feeling being as a thinking being. To love God with all our soul is to come before God with our angers, our frustrations, with our despair and griefs, with our delights and excitements. And one of the practical ways to do this is by way of cultivating the habit of daily eximen prayer, either at lunchtime or at the end of the day. For those of you who don't know and are familiar with the eximen prayer, it's a spiritual discipline or practice to stop in the middle of the day or at the end of the day to be silent and to reflect on God's presence in our lives, reviewing our day in a spirit of gratitude, being thankful to God for all the things that he has done in our day for us, to us, through us, and becoming aware of our emotions before God throughout the day, the emotions of sadness or happiness or joy, all the emotions that we experience during the day, and we bring it before God. And we seek to understand them in terms of consolations and desolations, and praying over them and giving it to God, and, being, 
and, and, and being real before God and honest. Thirdly, our mind. To love God with all our mind is to train our thoughts to think deeply and intelligently about God and the world around us. Mark Knoll, a research professor of history at Regent College, writes in his book, The Scandal of the Evangelical Mind. He writes this, Who, after all, made the world of nature and then made possible the development of sciences through which we find out more about nature? Who formed the universe of human interactions and so provided the raw material of politics, economics, sociology, and history? Who is the source of harmony, form, and narrative patterns so lies, and so lies behind all artistic and literary possibilities? Who created the human mind in such a way that it could grasp the realities of nature, of human interactions, of beauty, and so made possible the theories on such matters by philosophers and psychologists? Who, moment by moment, sustains the natural world, the world of human interactions, and the harmonies of existence? Who, moment by moment, maintains the connections between what is in our minds and what is in the world beyond our minds? The answer in every case is the same. God did it, and God does it. According to Mark Knoll, to love God with all our mind is to take seriously the sovereignty of God over the world he created, the lordship of Christ over the world he died to redeem, and the power of the Holy Spirit over the world he sustains, sustains each and every moment. So one way to do this would be to cultivate a godly habit of study. To exercise our mind and intellect. Whatever subject that piques our interest and curiosity, and for the students who are actually going, studying right now, you're in a season of life where you're studying and you hate it probably, and you probably don't like hearing that, but it could be a way in which we love God with our minds. Studying becomes purposeful because that's a way in which we love God, and we can love God through our minds. That faith and reason do not oppose one another, but they go together. They're complementary to one another. So through faith and through our minds, we can learn to love God in our studies. To cultivate a habit of to think, to think critically and discerningly about the world around us and the issues of our time rather than disengaging from them by drowning ourselves in endless hours of entertainment through Netflix and social media. To love God with all our mind may mean for some of us cultivating the habit of putting away the phone and the remote and picking up a book. Fourthly, our strength. To love God with our strength is to use our willpower to train ourselves to develop and keep the godly habits we're seeking to cultivate in our lives. To use the willpower that is in us to train ourselves and to develop and keep the godly habits we're seeking to cultivate in our lives. Remember, learning to, learning to love God takes practice. We practice to learn to love God by using the strength given to us to train our willpower. According to Charles Duhigg, the author of The Power of Habit, willpower is like a muscle that can be developed 
through exercise. However, it also gets worn out throughout the day as it's used to make decisions and accomplish various tasks. So knowing that our godly habits will require a lot of willpower since replacing old habits with new ones will require a lot of work to break the pattern or routine, we can learn to strategize by deciding to do them before expending our willpower on things that aren't priorities for us. Instead of wasting our willpower earlier in the day with menial tasks like answering emails and checking the news or social media updates, we can best utilize our willpower to form godly habits in our lives when we have an ample amount of willpower in the day so that we would have a higher chance of accomplishing them early. Once it gets repeated enough times to become a habit in our lives, then it will become second nature to us. And by that time, not as much willpower would be required to set us in motion. This could be one of the ways in which we could seek to love God with all our strength. Every habit begins with a decision, a single decision. As that decision is repeated again and again, habit forms and takes root in our lives. Loving God with all our strength begins by using our willpower to make a single decision each day, whether it be to pray before beginning the workday, or to read the Bible during the lunch hour, or after dinner with family. And repeating that single decision again and again and again for it to take root and bear fruit in our lives. And the good news in all of this is that we're not on our own. And this is the most important part. Because we can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. We're not, we're not able to do this on our own. We cannot rely on our own strength to do this. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us and helps us in our weakness. So it is only by the power of God's Spirit dwelling in us that we're led and enabled to love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and with all our strength. Now, as I wrap up the sermon, I now want to invite you to form a group of maybe three to four people just where you're sitting right now. Again, Maybe you're sitting with people or amongst people that you're familiar with. Maybe you're not sitting with people or amongst people that you're not as familiar with. But at this time, form a group of maybe three to four people, maybe no more than five, and pray with one another. As we begin this new year, let us pray together and with one another, asking the Holy Spirit to help us this year to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, and with all our strength. And let us also pray, asking God to show us what godly habits he's calling us to start this new year, or to replace bad habits with, so that we would learn to love God in a more deeper and passionate way. So at this time, let's form a group with three to four people just around you, just where you're seated, and spend some time praying with one another. Go.
give you a couple seconds to wrap up your prayer. Please stand. We're not going to sing The Blessing, which is just a wonderful song to sing not only to God, but to each other as we are in community with one another, as we are in fellowship with one another, that we um, bless each other and um, your family and your children and your 2023 year ahead. So let's sing this now.
as you enter into this new year, may you know that God, your God, is for you. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace as you seek to cultivate godly habits, to love our God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our minds, and with all our strength. Go in peace of the Lord.